Bubble has been popped, wings tasted, calls made, the first uh, bunch of games too, leading up to the empty parade. TJ Warren and the Suns going ham as if there was no other way, dusting off the inevitable dust and back at it. It's the ball is Bay, your favorite NBA podcast in an Indian accent. Back at it again with our main podcast episode, which we've sort of put on the back burner for a while. Check us out on Instagram for our daily take and YouTube for our fortnightly NBA talk show. We're working on so many things now that sometimes we forget to take a step back and relax. Uh, speaking of chilling, I've got with me someone who has not taken an off in years. Someone who has written multiple jokes which have been saved in the drafts folder. And someone who has navigated Europe during the second worst pandemic to hit the region. Vineet Deva, yeah, Vineet, welcome back to our pod. Like, how are you doing? <laughs> I am doing good. I just talked to you yesterday while recording the talk show. So yes. all is good. And uh, I think our podcast listeners uh, will yes. be very happy that we are back. And we are uh, back with one of our old and most esteemed guests. Absolutely. We've got with us someone who gifted me, who, who's like really tall in real life. And uh, he does uh, great things off the court. And uh, he gave me a free T-shirt last time, so we yeah, are repping it for this one. Uh, Mr. Sean Jaisandran of Crossover Academy. Uh, I mean, we, we've had Cross uh, Sean before. I think this was a playoffs last year. And uh, it's been a year since then. And uh, welcome back, Sean, on the pod. We are so glad that you could join us. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I know that I haven't earned my way up to the TV show yet. I'm still just on the audio stream. <laughs> I'm, working on, I'm working on the complexion. I'm trying to make sure that... Uh, the, the beard comes in well for you guys, you know. Um, and, and just for for point of clarification, I did see you in the fall, like in person in flesh. You just chose to not speak to me. Wow, that is really not true. We. I mean, did, that, did that you was not me, Tammy? though. You, you you did interview Tammy. I, I did. That that that. that but not, yes, but not that's what I said. We meant at the. You, you had. You oh, had oh. It's not like it's not like I've ignored you for a year. I was there. You just you just wanted to hang out with the yeah, you're the reason. player more than me. <laughs> ah, very bad. She was, she was taller, bad. so. But oh, she, she was taller. taller so, okay, that's fine. That's she was okay. taller. Yes. Tammy <laughs> soft. She's legit. I I I think yeah I think she was taller than you. So you know just automatically I went up there. <laughs> Uh, today, today is a special episode. It's a little throwback. Plus, I mean, we'll we'll talk about the special part of this episode in a bit. Um, but. Uh, first, uh, Sean, the NBA is back in a bubble. Great for all of us. I mean, there are a lot of exciting games happening. A lot of uh, you know uh, permutations, combinations. People are still resting. Kawhi is still taking rest even after four months of rest. There's, there's so much happening. What has been like you know your favorite thing that has happened in this uh, bubble games? I I'd be remiss to not say look, the W and the NBA are back, and that just means it's an overload of awesome content, right? I think. Yeah. We're seeing we're seeing almost like this return to an AAU environment. For those of you guys who aren't familiar with AAU, right? Like these are the elite um, travel basketball team tournaments that happen for high schoolers and middle schoolers here in the U.S. and Canada. And that's how a lot of these players have gotten to know each other over the years, right? Uh, they go to these tournaments. They end up in different cities each weekend. They almost live in mm -hmm. a bubble because, well, at that time they're teenagers and you're hoping they don't you know, do something ridiculous. Um, and the same thing exists now in the bubbles down in Florida. And so you're seeing this return to, to finding out who they are, 
and that personality and a childlike love of the game, right? Like you have to, I, I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing this love of the game where teammates are getting hyped again on the bench. We're seeing people get wow. excited because there isn't, sure the virtual fans are there, but come on, right? It's not the same energy. And so yeah, right. you're going back to a time when you played just to play and you're competing because it's flat out, you're competing and that's all you've got, right? And so we're seeing this awesome environment, uh, both on the women's side and the men's side of people really investing time and energy. And I know you just, you, you, you took a good shot at Kawhi there, but I totally get it too, where if you're playing back to back to back games, you're not in your normal, these guys are, especially on the men's side, right? They have every mm -hmm. pampering available when they're during the regular season right you've got yeah. like hyperbaric chambers and you've got eight massage therapists and every top-notch they don't have that anymore right like this is going back to like i have a room to go back to a hotel room right there's two trainers there like it's very right. limited and so all of a sudden yeah you do need to rest differently and you do need to figure out you don't have your custom chef with you there who's prepping your meals um <laughs> you know, or traveling with the meals. So all of a sudden you're, there's a different environment, like I said, and I think it's, it's good for the game at the moment. And we're seeing, of course, the social justice messaging coming out as well, right? We're hearing Absolutely. what yeah. needs to be said. We're, we're witnessing more humanity. We're witnessing more mm -hmm. personality. Um, just think about it, you know, we're, we're, and we're not being exposed to wild, crazy um, outward expressions, right? We're seeing who they are as people because you can only bring again a certain limited wardrobe with you to the bubble. So, yeah, you know, uh, I think I think there's some wonderful things coming out. I, I think um, I was just saying this to you guys five minutes ago. Like, I think it's very easy for people to start watching all the games all the time and get fired from their jobs right now <laughs> if you're not careful. <laughs> because it's awesome and you're seeing some great competitive games and um and teams that are jumping out of nowhere and a different evolution of what the season looks like when you're asking to play in this concentrated environment yeah that makes sense and have you been following any specific team this time i know that i mean the, Ra the raptors are the, slash the raptors. raptors are more my team but let's i, I think it's just fun to watch i think Watching yeah. Phoenix has been really interesting and how they've evolved. Uh, I mean, good God, Luka Doncic is... My God. I mean, Dangerous. the youth of the NBA, we're seeing an, the next phase of that youth movement, right? From Giannis through Luka yeah. through... I know Trey's not there, but, you know, and I think... Booker. Booker yeah, is... Booker. I mean, yeah. Booker still feels like he's like maybe 19 or 20 years old, but he's been in the league for five years. Um, yeah, I think I think we're we're going to see that again, and it partly again goes back to the fact that they're younger, right? You have more; they need less recovery time between games. They don't need all of the the fanciness to to survive. The LeBron but, needs. Right? Yeah, I mean, he he has the miles on him, right? Uh, yeah. you know, a lot of miles. And, oh my God, he's got so seeing, much miles. And you're seeing the guys who. Who have prepped and who conditioned versus 
maybe they had maybe they kind of coasted for four months and like they, they stayed in shape but weren't pushing themselves to that same Man. let's increase my o2 max type stuff and all of a sudden you're seeing like we're we're seeing fatigue already starting to kick in on some players right like and so yeah i think we're in for a, a fun few months it, it, it sounds odd we're in august but the season goes till october right <laughs> i think october 12th is uh, last day for the nba finals any, any predictions sean any predictions any uh Ooh, going early winners going early yeah, i mean uh, well i mean we're not gonna get you on the pod till till you know next year or maybe uh wow that's, no. look, that's, that's, that's a personal decision on your part. Uh, well, I mean, it's, it's difficult to get you. You're, you're a busy guy. You know, you, you're doing so much stuff. Yeah, so it's, uh, it, you know, all I need you guys to do is send me a calendar invite. And I'll make time for you. But it's the, oh, I forgot to send a calendar invite. Uh, but um, I think you're going to see Raptors and... Milwaukee on the Eastern Conference come out. I just don't. Mm-hmm. The Celtics are very, very good. I just don't know if they have the depth in a seven-game series at this point because they're they're always figuring out which game who's going to step up. It's and they're you know and that takes time each game to figure out who's hot, who's not. Uh, I don't think Kemba's fully there recovered yet. I think he's better than he was when we when we started the pandemic, but uh, but I think that's that's the engine that makes that team go, right? Unless they're going to move Gordon Hayward to point forward somehow. I mean, which isn't a bad option or thought, but you, they have to play a different style, right? It's almost like when the Bulls yeah. went to Ron Harper at, at, at point guard, um, mm-hmm. which is more just to generate a start of the offense, not right. an, a true not point, really guard, a point guard. Right? Yeah. Um, and then on the West, I mean, clearly the Lakers are there. And I think the second option is going to be wide open, to be honest. I think there's so much movement. I don't really? Think, I don't think Houston has differentiated themselves. I think Phoenix is playing balls out. Like, they are going... You forgot the Clippers? Through. Did you forget the Clippers? No, not yet. Like, I'm still getting the Clippers are there, but I don't think the Clippers have differentiated themselves. Right? Like, the Clippers okay. should have lost to Portland the other night. Right? Like... Should have lost. They should have lost, Absolutely. right? Um, and, they tried to lose, yeah. And all of a sudden, if Dallas starts looking good and Porzingis actually starts showing up to games, yeah, like we're, people are forgetting, Luca's doing this without full Porzingis effort. Um, yeah, you know, so there is some interesting moving parts there, and I think for that one, again, I think youth is going to serve well in that in those situations, right? Like. If you're able to get up and down the court and tire out another team, you're going to have an advantage again because there's not enough rest. There's not enough recovery. There isn't the personal chef. And home court doesn't mean anything now, right? There's not even travel. So you're not. So I think like the NBA has done such a good job scheduling games where their stars get rest, right? Like we're used to the playoffs where it's like three, four days between games. And you're like, oh, when's it happening? But now you're in a bubble you can play every other day yeah and you've got to be adjust on the fly i think we're going to start seeing some really interesting coaching uh, maneuvering and decisions and how it's going to play out you know i think somebody's going to start throwing a box at one at luca at some point 
you know, uh, I think we're going to see like junk defenses come back, right? Because players haven't seen it since they were like 50. And, and if you can yeah. get the junk defense to work for four minutes, you have a four minute advantage that you didn't have before. Um, right. You know. Also, I think the offense right right now is a little bit more fluid than I would I was expecting. Like like teams are scoring 150, 140 just without any defense to stop them. So I think uh, they're kind of getting into yeah. that place where you know they're just getting in the and then once the defenses start, the defensive system start working. I think you right. know, like Luka they're scoring twice or, as much as the Pistons did when they were winning championships. <laughs> is what it feels like, yeah. right? Um, yeah, I mean T.J. Warren looks like uh, Michael Jordan right now. Uh, you know, I mean he's a great player, but it's just you but, know. And again, and so again, there's the Pacers are doing that without Prime Oladipo yet, right? Mm-hmm. If people have to start focusing on T.J. Warren, what does that mean for Victor Oladipo? Do you mean he gets nobody's coming to help on Oladipo now? Like, you know? Um, yeah. But I think I think you're you hit that one dead on. I don't think there's the help and the rotation defense are there yet. Um, yeah. So the NBA is full of every guy in the NBA is a talented offensive player. There's no doubt, right? That's why they're there. But except Ben Simmons, though, I'm talented <laughs> offensive player within 15 feet, um, <laughs> right? Or full court. I mean, if he's going full speed, full court, yeah, right. Um, yeah. It's just that between half court and the three point line where he's maybe not your prime person. Um, but I think you're going to see some interesting. Yeah, it's, it's who's going to buy into their coaching staff's defensive philosophy first, right? So is this where Nick Nurse exceeds, right? Because all of his players trust him already. Is this right. where Brad Stevens all of a sudden gets his guys to buy? Ooh, that's Brad Stevens. Right? Brad Stevens could have a nice – his players trust him, and they trust Jerome Allen uh-huh. on the bench there, right? Like, they're going to come for those guys. But does Tatum and Kemba and everybody buy into, we're going to rotate and sacrifice their body? Um, Mm. you know, and, you know, does Alvin Gentry get something out? Does Terry Stotts pull somebody? Like, who's going to buy into their defense first is going to be a very interesting piece. Because I think you're seeing... But don't you think the Clippers have the best defensive mentality team? And that's why I think they have the edge. It's like, for them, there's nobody that can compare to their defense on all positions. Yeah, and it's so, just a matter of them. Especially the trying, wing. Yeah. yeah. Especially the wing, I think they, they're absolutely, so, like, could destroy you. You know, they may not be doing really well right now. It's because they just haven't turned on their defense. You no, know, they're just I, kind of getting in the groove. Yeah, no, I'm 100% with you. I think that uh, for the Clippers, it's going to come down to who is, how long they can hold up, right? Like, if a series gets to be every other night, do they... Do they have the energy to to compete the whole time? Because I mean, they even have guys like Joachim Noah, right? Isn't isn't Noah on the yep, Clippers yeah. now? Right, like that's a yeah. historically yep. a defensive stop. So even if that's yeah. on your bench, helping you in practice and yelling out and calling out sets and plays, uh, Marcus Morris is making you better. Yeah, yeah, like they have a lot of good players that people forget about. Um, that can Yet you didn't pick on. them. Yet you didn't pick them. You said it's wide open. You said I, I, number right, two I spot is wide. Because, because I, as I said, I think it's the energy, right? Like if Kawhi and Paul George stay playing at a, every other day, oh yeah, they're there. But if they're, um, but if not, that's a whole different, right? Like all of a sudden, 
I mean, they don't even have Lou Williams yet. I mean, even no, uh, Montrezl is also not there. Yeah, didn't Lou Williams already play? No, no, he's been suspended for the, that uh, strip club incident. So, I mean, not suspended. I think he's out. Not he's not oh. back yet to the team. I think he was. So, okay. I mean, I, I think what Clippers' main advantage is, even though de- defensively they are great, I think their bench is uh, incomparable. Like, if you have someone like a ready bucket sort of guy. You have Reggie Jackson coming out of uh, yeah, Jackson, Boston no, no, College. No, no, no. He can play. Uh, you know, OKC, former OKC, you know, beater of Memphis. You know who I think, yes. though, are guys on that squad that people forget about? It's like Rodney Magruder and Patrick Patterson, who can score in bunches oh, yeah. when the ball is in the Patrick Patterson is really good. Right? Patterson, yeah. for a few years, yeah. was people looking at him everywhere, right? And, yeah, he's uh, a nice uh, 3ND kind of guy. Yeah, and points. you've got guys who can who can go. And so it's just where they're going to fall in that mentality. I mean, players love Doc Rivers. Again, I'm going to go, right? Like, And he's, he's, got a ring, he's got rings to back it up, like as a player and as a coach, right? One ring. Come on, you, you Boston to... guy. You 2008 no, no. Boston no, no. people. Did, Stop this. No, no. I'm saying, didn't he win ben, as a player? Yeah, he no, did. No, I don't yeah. think so. I, no, no, I don't no, think he so. Didn't. No, he was a hawk. I mean, I remember him as a hawk. I don't think he won as a hawk. I'm trying to think of where he no. played. Maybe so. I could be told. I could be wrong there, right? And I'm good with being wrong. But people trust him. Uh, hmm. You know. Let's see. Playing career: McDonald's All-American, FIBA World Championships, Marquette. Yeah, he was with the Hawks. Average a double double. One year as Clippers, two more with the Knicks, and then the Spurs, 94 to 96. So, no, no rings. No there. rings there. No rings. Because you know who came? Tim Duncan came in 97. 96, sorry, <laughs> I forgot when he came. And then he was. It's a precursor. <laughs> where was he an assistant coach before he went to Orlando as a head Orlando. coach? Orlando. No, oh, no, the head was, coach. I think Pacers? No, I don't remember. No, no, no. I think he directly went as a head coach. Orlando. You're right. He he may have been. Maybe he just didn't do anything in basketball for five years, and then all of a sudden he became head coach. Uh, he he used to be a color commentator, I think. I, I uh, he was a commentator. Uh, yes. Yeah, during the Pistons uh, 2004 season, he was a commentator. It was pretty good. Yeah. I think. Uh, no, I mean, to listen to. All him. right, so I'll give him his one ring. But people will still trust the one ring, and Kawhi's got a ring. Yeah. They're gonna trust Kawhi. Two. Two. Kawhi's got two. Two. They're going to trust those guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just going to be how much people buy in. And that's the end of this. But, Sean, I wanted to ask you, like, do you think, uh, I mean, we are putting so much emphasis on defense and we keep saying, you know, defense wins championships. But uh, who are these teams who are playing defense now? I I think uh, one interesting thing that I saw was... uh, like they keep doubling Harden, right? Like as soon as he crosses the half court, they double him. They make sure the ball is out of his hand. They did the same thing to Dame Lillard as well, or McCollum, whoever was trying to get into a, like into their you know movement. They just made sure that two people came in, made him give up the ball. Do you think that is going to be a strategy that a lot of teams are going to follow? Just make sure the heliocentric stars don't have the ball with them, are forced to give up the ball. Yeah, I don't, I don't see that as a bad thing. I think that. There's a, again, there's only so long you can want to jump somebody before your players tire down. Mm-hmm. I think, again, because of this condensed season, we're still early in it. NBA players don't play that college defense typically because it's such mm-hmm. a long season, right? And their bodies are going to wear down. So we're seeing it early. We'll probably see it shut down through the next, like, four weeks, and then it'll pop back up maybe in the playoffs. 
but the, that D'Antoni system, right, was designed around Steve Nash, right? Get the ball to Nash, he gets it out. It's um, it's old school, the Matha, fast court, push the ball, right? And then and then it allowed. But if you get if Harden and Harden did it when he first started moving to point guard, right? He was getting the ball out of his hands quickly, and then he'd tr- be the trailer and come back and get it. And if they go back to that, especially mm-hmm. with Westbrook there, right? Like, okay, you have Westbrook. So, but if he gets the ball out, you're going to all too often, he's going to find open space again because he's off the ball. And the ball will come right back to him at some point. They're going to have eight ways of getting the ball back to him, whether it's a dribble handoff, a backdoor cut, you know, a flex screen. I don't care what it is, but they'll get it back to him. And now you have to realign your defense because all of a sudden, oh, wait, he has the ball. Um, Mm -hmm. But they have enough pieces. And let's be honest, like, Westbrook can go out and still score in bunches, right? Go ahead, double. Right. And Westbrook can single-handedly will a team to win. So go ahead, double Harden. And, and if you're going to double Harden, okay, not help on Russell Westbrook, he's going to go to work. So, again, I think... Dan- but don't you, don't you think it's a better bet to go uh, the two that Russell is going to get or force him to take a bad shot, which is much more easier than forcing Harden to take a bad shot because... It's a better shooter. And here comes the hate. No, no hate. It's just, it's just facts. <laughs> it's so, facts. Uh, would you disagree? I think uh, like when Russell gets the ball off, when Harden gets doubled, like that gives him the steam to you know like go forward. Right. I, I, I think that they both have to realize, and everybody has to realize that the time they've gone to the finals was together. Right. Hmm. Um, they had a third party. You know. Um, we don't need to bring him up right now, uh, but <laughs> right. Uh, but but I think they both can single-handedly, and I think they. I, I don't. They have a smart coaching staff. They have a smart front office, right? I think they're just gonna. And they, they're very cognizant of the fact there's no home court advantage right now, and so mm-hmm. do what you want right now. They're gonna be in the playoffs, and yeah, and then you they can unveil and unleash, right? Like what they're working on of cool. It wouldn't surprise me if they come out one game and Westbrook is running total points and hardens off the ball. And now you've got to readjust your entire game plan because you can run the exact same offense with Russell Westbrook running the points. In fact, it might be even faster, right? Right. You know, um, instead of the seven seconds and under, it might be five seconds and under if Westbrook's going full speed. <laughs> That's true. Right? And so I think – I don't think you're going to see D'Antoni and them put any tweaks in until they get to the playoffs because for them, it's championship series or bust at this point, right? Mm -hmm. Like they put – they put the pieces there. They need to find something to win. And what else could they have added at this point? Nothing. Like Porzingis would have been great for them. Yeah, I mean, a stretch four would be guess, great, right? Yeah. I would even contend if they yeah. added one of the Morris brothers. That would have been really interesting. Because he would have given them an... I mean, they, 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 I say it's a little disappointing that they don't use Tyson Chandler that much. Because, I mean, I, I would have thought will. that at least in one of those... I, I think they will. Maybe, are they, will. are they waiting for... Are they waiting for the Clippers or something? Like, what do you I think, think they're waiting for? Like, what the, are they waiting for? I think they're just waiting for like the the end. Because if you use if you start putting Tyson Chandler already, people will see kind of what... Yeah. I don't, th- I don't think Tyson Chandler is 
they don't have to show that and Tanshil is a vet you know he knows how to play they're probably doing the scrimmages um cuz he's really good man Tyson Chandler especially when it was the Dallas Mavericks and you know the Phoenix Suns it was just it was just really good. and the but the Rockets also right they have, they have, the Rockets have Jeff Green they got Mabute um they got Eric Gordon they got Austin Rivers who like once every 3 weeks can score 25 points <laughs> right like people Austin Rivers can oh. go he just if you don't if you don't prep for Austin Rivers he'll put points on you i i think that's my whole thing on him like if you prep if you have a scouting report and your player takes it seriously you can shut him down but if somebody wasn't paying attention he'll all of a sudden have 25 it's, it's very jeremy lin like yeah he's very very streaky but when he's streaky he, he changes the game cuz i think still people don't take him seriously i think a lot of people still feel like he got a free road because of his dad which is untrue true it i mean like you know like even him playing at duke and starring at duke and stuff like that right like i think everybody's always had this like oh he's only there because of his father but mm-hmm. right i mean he's he's super talented great do we do I we go on to the yes. the tim duncan thing yes you want yes, that yes, right yes. you guys want that heat yes <laughs> well okay, because... so i mean uh, yes we need that because this is your thing i i will let you take over this section no no you and, can uh, take over that yeah, you, some, there's no, no setup. I, I, I'll set it up, right? Let me ch- jump in as first, right? The initial comment is Tim Duncan is markedly and clearly better than Shaq, right? That, yes. And, and well, I mean, the 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 that that's that that is the most important part of the argument. Uh, but the I think the genesis of this was I think. Uh, Shaq put out a tweet saying that you know if if someone says Tim Duncan is the greatest of all time he would have no problem with accepting the fact and I put that on Instagram and I asked if people thought Tim Duncan was goat and there were only two people who said no and both those two people are, <laughs> are Ashwin and Sean so I was like you know what let's let's so, uh, let's get them on 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 a podcast and let's talk about it because i i think a what how do we define goat sure right? like, you like, you can pick any definition you want right so and then b is where do they qualify right if we're right. going to say tim duncan's goat of big men i will present right will chamberlain bill russell and kareem abdul jabbar Like, I'm just saying basketball basketball right like um in basketball Tim Duncan is absolutely a top 5 top 6 player of all time there's zero contention now if you're picking between him and Shaq and th- this is the major qualifier and you're probably going to edit this out right is this is not <laughs> no 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 we're not going to this is not disrespectful to Tim Duncan because I think that too often when people get into arguments it's this person's trash this person's great. Um and I'm saying Tim Duncan is unreal and awesome. The only way that I pick Shaq and the reason I say you pick Shaq over Tim Duncan is more multifaceted in that and again this is not Duncan hate it's where the add-ons are on Shaq, right? Is sure. Players wanted to come play with Shaq. Shaq wanted the spotlight. He wanted he he accepted the heat of the spotlight. 
right? He didn't, and and that's extrovert versus introvert, right? That's fine. But there's nothing to do with basketball, though. Ah, but but doesn't it? Doesn't like at some point at the at the highest level, leadership and intricacies of people wanting to come play with you have a have a major part. The motivation, like as much as Kobe hated Shaq, Kobe was determined to then improve, right? And Shaq was also able to do it with multiple different sets of teammates versus the stability of Duncan. And this is not a knock. It's actually, a, it's a huge pro in life, right? The stability of Pops, Tony Parker, and, um, oh my gosh, why? My brain just had a blank in the middle of Man- my Argentinian. Argentinian, right? Uh, of Manu Ginobili, right? So, like, Duncan has all that. Like, their qualities are their measurables are all the same to the point where they're both terrible free throw shooters. Um, but hey. hey, Tim Duncan is like eighty percent or no, something. Whoa, like that. whoa, 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 whoa! No, not not whoa, eight, whoa, 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 check, check, You may check out this playoff go stats. Go look that up. Go look that up and tell me what you got. Seventy, seventy percent, like high seventies. No. Yeah. I mean, Tim Duncan was not a bad free throw shooter. I don't think anybody hack a Tim Duncan any 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 time. No, check it. Check it. I don't think he's high seventies. High seventies. Definitely high seventies. I, I I was they were gonna say seventy six uh, yeah. close to seventy five or something. I think it's high, it's higher in playoffs. Free throw percent. He's got more three. Sixty nine percent. Yes, higher what, in is playoffs. Is that a career thing? Sixty nine percent for his career. There yeah. were years where he was at, there was years he was there's a year he's at fifty nine. Yeah, he was pretty bad initially. You see, like I bad like. I'm not, not saying Shaq isn't a worse free throw shooter. I'm just saying they're both not great free throw shooters. Um, Fair enough. But I think the, the intangible of of leadership, of wanting of wanting the spotlight, of in the NBA, who's going to put fans in the seats for your team? Like if you're. But are you saying wait, wait, wait? When you say leadership, are you saying that uh, Shaq was a better leader than Tim Duncan? I'm saying he's an outward. I want you to say that. Organization. Shaq was a better leader. Walk me through those motivational or leadership moments of Tim Duncan. I'll wait. What do you mean? Him, him deferring him, to Pop, him where, not where being... Was, uh, show, like, I'm not saying he wasn't. I'm, again, saying on the outward expression of like, hey, like Shaq was like, give me the ball. We are not going to lose this game. Or I'm going to catch that lob and throw it on somebody like, and change the momentum of a game. Show me the moment. When was the when, like Tim Duncan did so happen. many times? For example, uh, Western Conference Finals uh, against. Uh, are you t- are you telling me he smiled one time and everybody in the stadium erupted? Ooh. No, but 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 moment. that's I mean, not you, uh, that, we, that has nothing to do with basketball. Though. It does. Like, if I, you're taking emotion out of basketball. You're like you're, you're removing elements that make make up the person of a goat, right? Why is Jordan considered a goat? It's not just the fact that, yes, he did. He, he, Jordan is Jordan. Yes. But there's the intangibles of the fact that, like, he carried people. He lifted things up. He, he hyped. He didn't defer, right? Like, uh, and I'll put. It so you're way. saying that def- deferring to somebody is bad leadership? No, I'm saying there's there's two arguments. And again, you're again you're going to the black and white, which I said I'm not doing. I'm not knocking Tim Duncan. I'm saying Shaq has this in his extra in his favor. Right? If, if if you're if you're saying I, Shaq, I, I think I think I, I, okay. I think what we should do is instead of uh, 
I, I think we should let uh, Sean talk Sean about Shaq. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we need to talk about Tim no. Duncan. And then no. let, let's no, not no, no, uh, no, no, no. do this I, black and white I'll thing. I'll give you this. No, here, no, I, here, here's my comparison <laughs> of the two. If you're taking the longevity of a career and consistency, you take Tim Duncan. All right? Mm. And so there's that. If mm. you're taking the I need right now prime between 94 and what, 01, 02? wasn't anything coming like Shaq was going to dominate people like it's like taking Mike Tyson at the start of his career versus an Evander Holyfield over the length of career right you're not going to knock one of them but there was a different factor when Shaq was at the top of his game and he was throwing haymakers right again longevity versus and that's why I said the definition of a goat right who fits where and and I and that's why Jordan has part of it because he had both Right, up until he got to the Wizards, Jordan had longevity, and he still had the hype, and he still had the energy, and he still could carry. And you were still scared of him, right? People were, people were worried about Tim Duncan, but they didn't think that like, hey, if Tim Duncan gets going, he's going to sway the entire momentum of a game, right? Tim Duncan's just going to be putting up points. He's going to get his rebounds. He's going to put up points. It's going to be automatic. It's not the same as like when Shaq decided against Portland to catch that lob from Kobe and all of a sudden the series is like, oh, right? Like there's there and then that's why I was like there's the haymaker moments versus the longevity moments. And so when I say Tim Duncan's not the GOAT, it's not that Tim Duncan's not a top five player. It's I'm not and I'm not even saying like you necessarily take Shaq over him. I'm saying but it if I'm taking prime Shaq over prime, fair, fair. Duncan, yeah. I, take prime I, Shaq. I, I agree. I agree. I don't disagree with that. That that one statement I don't disagree with. I would take prime Shaq over prime Duncan. Yeah. But and I would take yeah. if I want a length of a career. So and I think, like I said, Tim Duncan's stability of being in a small market of San Antonio his whole career played to his personality and his advantage. Right? Because if he was in the spotlight of a New York or an LA, right? I think, or a, a mass media market, I think it's a very different story where Duncan has to change or evolve and, and how do we how do we process, how does he process those daily, because that's gonna wear, wear him down in a very different way that he didn't have to experience. Right, there's okay. a different, Tim Duncan- So you do agree, to... you do agree that Tim Duncan can be in the good conversation. Yeah, I never yeah. said he wasn't, I just said he's not the GOAT. I said put okay. him in the top five, right? Like, it, if you qualify him as a power forward, which is an awkward way of doing it, right? Okay, yeah. then sure, I take him over. I think any other power forward. I couldn't think it like, but he's not Kareem. I would take Kareem on longevity of career and points, and 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 Kareem was equally introverted, right? Right. Lou Alcindor is the man of like. And it, and it cost him a different era, right? He stood up to social justice. The reason he doesn't have, he never got a coaching job is because, you know, he wasn't going to be all friendly with the media where Tim Duncan, that became like this beautiful quality because he was in San Antonio versus LA. Um, but yeah, I think like Duncan, Duncan's awesome. You're never going to hear me not say Tim Duncan can play. It's in the prime. But, uh... Who you taking? Sean, what if, what if, what if I... Yeah, just what, a minute. What, what, like, see, Kareem, you know, played with Oscar Robertson. Then he played with Magic Johnson. 
we have Tim Duncan who played with uh, David Robinson in the beginning, like an aging David Robinson. And then nobody is like Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili who know, I mean, maybe Ginobili had a little bit of a flex before he, I mean, he had beaten USA in the Olympics before that he was drafted by the San Antonio Spurs. But you don't really, I, I, there, there is that concept of a servant leader, right? Like someone who's like, I'm gonna no, I, do, do this thing. So, I, I don't know, like Sha- Shaq just seems like you have to be really careful around Shaq, which I don't know, like, why would anyone want to play with Shaq? Like, I, it's much better to have Shaq on your team than the other team. Like, you don't want to see that scary person on, you know, the I, other I, team. Yes, I think, I, I, think, I think that's a difference between early Shaq mm-hmm. and late Shaq, right? Um, I think there, there was a point where, like, post-three-peat Shaq, it became Yeah, I mean, the ego like, just probably was, like, too big to handle. For a team, right? And, and again, there was a lot around him, but like Orlando Magic Shack was a whole different monster and animal, right? I don't think we've ever seen anyone in the history of the universe that was three hundred pounds and like two percent body fat, <laughs> right? Like that was a terrifying human being. Like when he came running down the court, um, nobody had ever seen anything like that. And uh, but he wasn't like he let Penny do his thing, and I think. But I think there's a different when you sit talking servant leader. I think there's a different thing too, where Shaq acknowledged he had to let his guards do their thing, right? Like, I think there is a difference being having to share that limelight, in essence, right? Where Duncan didn't, but they also they slowed the game down when Duncan hmm. was there. The game didn't really slow down for Shaq, right? They didn't play a slow pace. You didn't you weren't expecting the Lakers to slow down and then wait to get Sha- like Shaq would hustle. They would push the ball and then Shaq would be coming into the play. Right. Um, so I think there's, again, that's a different quality. Shaq didn't demand that they play slow ball so that he got the ball. Yeah. Right. Um, and he played with Penny, he played with Kobe and then he played with Dwayne yeah. Wade. And he was like, Oh cool. If you guys are running, go run. And like he wasn't going to knock them on that stuff. And I think there's, uh, where I think the Spurs had to absolutely go with the coaching of, and again, Bill Jackson and Pop, great mm-hmm. coaches. Um, early Miami Heat coaching career, you know, I, I, I think Shaq deferred to a young coach at that point, right, when he got to Miami. Um, I don't remember Shaq being here on Boston because the Boston and Phoenix years, like again, longevity didn't ha- didn't mm-hmm. hold up. Who was the coach of the Orlando Magic? Anybody remember? Uh, right? Like he, it's not like he was surrounded by this great consistency either. And even when he went to the Lakers, the Lakers are the ones who, who made him put on 40, 50 pounds. Like instead of being skinny mm-hmm. Shaq. Like I, I can only imagine what would have happened to the world if skinny Shaq still oh. existed. Because it probably would have extended his Absolutely. Prime. Like, but uh, see, I, I don't want anyone thinking that I don't like Shaq. I think Sh- Prime Shaq was unstoppable. Like, you could not do anything. And they swept uh, the Spurs in 2000, and this uh, it was 4-1 in 2001. So even with just, just before before you you go on the Shaq thing. Let me let me remind you that Tim Duncan won a championship before Shaq. Tim Duncan won a championship before Shaq. Yeah, Tim Duncan won a championship before Shaq. I'm not just 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 putting it out there. Who did he, who did he have five, on that team? Who who did he have on that team? Avery Johnson. Go. Oh my. If you God. tell me go, David Robinson go, can't play, go go and check check the go and check the highlights of that and just see how David Robinson played. 
Just go. Don't just say there was David Robinson. No, but I'm saying there, yeah, yeah. it was David Robinson post injury after some, which he never, yeah, after which he never averaged more than 20 points a game. He never did that. No, and, and, and it was a very different part, right? Like, let us continue. Then we get back. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm gonna say, Shaq, I'm just trying to remind people. Shaq, Shaq I'm just trying to remind. Shaq, 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 I'm just trying to remind. I'm just trying to remind people. That third year, I think. No, peak, in year. the peak mm. of Shaq, third year. Mm. in peak Shaq, Tim Duncan won two championships. Yeah. I'm just trying to remind you. And Shaq won how many? Three. Okay. With Kobe Bryant and Phil Jackson. I'm, that's all I'm saying. Yeah, you're, you're acting like Tim Duncan didn't have Popovich. As a Popovich. Popovich, Popovich had zero years of coaching experience when Tim Duncan came into the Zero. You know how many championships Phil Jackson had won? Six. It doesn't mean that Popovich couldn't coach. It just meant he. That's had not it. the. Yeah. But but zero to six championships. Come on, man. No, zero to six championships. But it doesn't mean he couldn't coach. It makes a it makes a huge difference in playoff moments, in running plays, getting get. You just were making an argument about how. Mis- what's his name? And it's only because I don't think it does. Like from a coaching standpoint, I think great coaches are great coaches. Right. Great coaches are, but the players need to respect them, right? If, if you could be a great coach, but if your player is not going to listen to you, and Phil Jackson had that when he came in, he's like, I got six championships and I coached Michael Jordan, so you are going to listen to me. So, and and that worked for Kobe, but Shaq had already shown he listened to a coach. He listened to Brian Hill in Orlando. Yeah, but they didn't win though. My point being yeah, that finals. everybody talks about how Greg Popovich was this great coach, but Greg Popovich was not a great coach when he came in. He came in at year one with zero experience, absolutely zero. Zero years of experience as a head coach or even as a coach. He was a GM before. Why is Doc Rivers so revered when he didn't win in Orlando? He is not revered. Players want to play for him. Players listen to him. But he he was not revered at all. I mean, he's a great talker. He talks really well. He he connects with the co- with the players really well. But if you had a chance to pick any coach, you would not. I mean, at that point, till he didn't win the championship, he wasn't revered. Let's be honest about it. Let's let's not like say he was revered. Think, he's I a good coach. Ray Allen and Kevin Garnett came in and bought in right away. He'd have a championship. Well, they were all well. They were all looking for a ring at that point. My point is that Tim Duncan came in but as Tim a Duncan rook. came in at age 22. Like he as had already rook. done four years of college. Like he played four years of college. That's also a difference. Right. It's not like uh, he right. like showed up. Yeah, I mean, Shaq came in, I think, but how I mean, that? you played four years of like uh, in a system, like, you know, system college, college basketball. Like he got his degree. He came in, he came in like a four, I mean, almost like a three-year vet, right? Like, he was already like, okay, if I follow a coach's direction... For college basketball no, no, I'm not saying college different. basketball is the same as... Not for Jim Duncan, it's the exact same thing. <laughs> the exact same thing. <laughs> Come on, man. I get to out court, I get to the block, they get me the ball, I turn, I hit a bank shot, I get back down the court, play defense. So, I, I think like, what works for Tim Duncan uh, is that sure. like he bought into the system, which he had learned. And, and uh, see, it's not a knock. Like, it should not be a knock that he did four years of college. But we should not forget that he did four years of college. He did, he did play... Uh, Yes, he did. He did four years of college. I, I think, but there, but I think, I think but before out. him, but bef- but before him, literally almost every player did four no, years of college. No, 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 no. Maybe not Kobe. Uh, Kobe was no, no, one no, of the main. They had the no, no. Very few people. Is, very few is, people is, came out of college. That is very rare. The coming state out of high school was rare. Oh, but no. I think uh, yeah. people did uh, one year yeah. of college. No, and and yeah, people right because you had to go to college, uh-huh. right? 
Uh, right. But people weren't staying four years. People were staying like one year, two years, two years yeah. At that point. A... One year, two years, right? So, so, like, so, so, so now of all the things we can pick, we are going to pick that no, no. Tim Duncan came in at age 22. No, no. I think, I think it, it did help him. I mean, they both averaged great points per game, right? Right off the bat. Duncan was like 21, 22 points per game for for a few years, and and he stayed there, right? And again, so it's it, and he won a championship in year three. In year three, yep. And he had a, a 50 game season year two, mm-hmm. right? Um, yeah. So it would have been interesting. He also had Sean Elliott hit that unreal shot to get him there. <laughs> every every championship. <laughs> I'm just going out to good memory. Uh, I mean, I, uh, people always forget that that Kobe Bryant and Tim, and Shaq had both both for each other, and they had Phil Jackson as the coach, who had six Robert years of Ori. championship, and Robert Ory, <laughs> who had also very. And everyone says, "Oh, but he had David Robinson." Go see the highlights. David Robinson barely played. So there's really nothing. I mean, no. All right, again, all right. you're, 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 you're should, going to the fact that. He's not supposed to be good, and I'm saying that Duncan's a very, very good player, and he's the best power. I'm just saying he should be in the conversation no. of go, like, no, like no, a no, legit conversation. All right, all right. So, so yes. What did he wait, 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 wait. I should, let us. I'm saying he's not yeah. goat purely because for me, like, goat is multiple championships and uh, multiple finals MVPs, right? Like Jordan, six finals, six MVPs. Uh, Magic Duncan. He has uh, three championships where he was the finals MVP, right? He has five championships and three MVP, finals. Three finals MVP. Yes. Okay. You have a uh, Kobe Bryant. He can't be in the list because Jordan is already in the list. We can't have uh, Jordan Part Two in the list. Y- you don't have a uh, Bill Russell. I mean, Bill Russell can be there, but there was no finals MVP during his time. And I, I, I think that's like Magic Johnson. He can be there. Like he is a revolution, revolution amongst uh, point guards at his position. I don't think Tim Duncan can be that because uh, I don't know, man. Like. Uh, it, it doesn't doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. Like you have Jordan, best of the best. You have uh, for me, Will Chamberlain, best of the best. And you have uh, uh, Bill Russell. You have Magic Johnson. And sort of the after that, you can't really call anyone like you know the best of the best. Like, but best of the best, best of what? the best at that in their era at playing ball and winning rings. That's it. What? How do you, so? In all statistics, and I, you know, I'll show you that article by the 53 I, I, guy. Uh-huh. Tim Duncan, if you if you consider uh-huh. offense and defense of both players, he is far ahead. I think like 10 points ahead than the second person was Kevin Garnett. Just See, in so terms of that, basketball, that itself, that itself tells you something, right? Like Kevin Garnett, would you ever wait, call Kevin wait, Garnett wait, the wait, goal? Wait, 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 wait. So now is the ability uh-huh. to play basketball, right? Then is the winning, right? So let's say. Let's say in the in the history of the ability, which is both offense mm. and defense, included together, right? Obviously, in offense, you know Michael Jordan in that list is like 140 something. Like he's at a he's at a different level, right? And so, but offense and defense combined, Tim Duncan is number one, Kevin Garnett is number two. But Tim Duncan won five championships, so he also won, yeah. right? So he won in a big big stage, right? Then you said Finals MVPs. He has three mm. Finals MVPs. If you go back to the voting of the Tony Parker thing, if you look at the win shares, uh, Tim Duncan has the highest win shares of that of that series, and Tony Parker got the Finals MVP by one vote, which is fine, fine. Well, I mean, you know, whatever <laughs> he did his thing, he got it, right? Fine, but still mm-hmm. three out of five, right? Now, so you have a person whose ability is number one statistically, 
you know, throughout the ages. Maybe I don't think Will Chamberlain is in I, there. I don't think you could. <laughs> you know, Wilt is a, on a different. I mean, I always put Wilt. Wilt is a different <laughs> category. He's just a great athlete who played basketball. We just you happened know? to pick up He's a just, basketball. That's what he was. And just happened to pick up a basketball. He could have picked up any sport and he could have just crushed it, right? Hmm. So mm. then is winning, right? So in winning, you mm. have the three guys. You have Bill Russell, Kareem, and Jordan, who has six championships. And then you have Tim, who has five, right? So it is difficult for me. It's always like, you know, the more championships you have, you know, you're supposed yeah. to be better. But I think that at five, and having that kind of ability as a basketball player, where he's both defensively and offensively really, really good, and being the centerpiece of the most winning franchise ever in any sport in in any country period the most winning team i mean if this is not goat i mean i don't get it i just don't understand what is your definition of goat because a skill wise is number one both offensively and defensively right which is both important for basketball right i'll send you the link uh sean if you want offensively you want i can find it offensively he's a goat no no the, the but uh, can you like you, i think you need I to explain you. what that start actually was i think it was uh, uh offensive efficiency was it efficiency or uh, offensive uh, points scored when he's on the court like there's something very unique about that start no it's just the no, it's not nothing unique. It's just the offensive rating and the offensive defense. rating. Yes, yes, offensive rating. Yeah. Okay. Can, yeah. can, I, I just want to bring up one thing, right? Uh, because I think you're hitting on a lot of stuff, and I think Duncan uh, was just in it. Like he also came in in a very awkward part of the NBA, right? Because you're saying who did he have on his? No, I want to say you 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 make a good point. You said who was on his team? Hmm. You had Robinson averaging 16. And you had Duncan, and you had Elliot, and you had Avery Johnson, blah blah. blah. Malik Rose. All, 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 all normal who did, players. Who did they, no, none of them are great. Who did they beat in the NBA Finals? The New York Knickerbockers. Who were on the Knicks? Right, but they no. had to go through the Western Conference too. Who, who did they beat? I want to know. Like, who, what player are you like? Oh man, they went through that guy. Literal. Well, they, Jordan, they went through Shaq. Was it Dudley? <laughs> was it Marcus Camby? Lateral spirit. You can't, you can't, no, no, no. See, this is the thing. Kurt this Thomas is what I don't want. Kurt Thomas. Kurt wait, wait, wait. Thomas, no, so this, this is the thing that you cannot, you cannot cherry pick on because then you're going to cherry pick on everything, right? So, like for example, I, I can cherry pick on Michael Jordan, you know, winning against Seattle SuperSonics. That's a shitty team. Shaq beating uh, the Nets or Tim Duncan beating the Nets. The Nets. No, but, and, but I'm saying we, it's a we cannot. No, we we cannot we cannot pick. On no. the opponents on any years because that's what they were right. presented. And I'm saying with, it's a different right? era, right? Like they won a finals game where they scored 78 points. Right, but it, so what if it's a different era? I'm just saying, like, so when you're like, oh, look, look, David Robinson, you give him a, he gave him 16 out of 17, 78 points. That's actually a pretty good yeah, point share. Yeah, right. My point, my, the point In I'm trying to make that is that it's to 26 points again. Right, but my point being that you can't pick on those things no, because no, that's saying, that's I'm what saying, you have it. If you're right? saying David Robinson, then but that's the era you played in. You no, you can't you can't right. move players across Again, eras. I'm with you, but I'm saying if you're saying David Robinson only did only gave him 16 points per game, 16 out of 78 is not like nothing all of a sudden, right? It's not like a small. Percentage. Not really. 
No, but I'm not talking just about the numbers. Go look at go look at the games. You actually go look at the games. He really was not a factor at all. He was tall, and he was David Robinson, who was a top 20, 30 player. If he's averaging a double-double during that season, and you're telling me, oh, he was nothing, 16 and 10, it ain't bad. No, I'm not saying he's an, he was nothing. I'm just saying that it's not like you know having a Kobe or having a Magic Johnson or having a uh, you know Kevin McHale or Robert Parrish right. or having yeah. a Jerry West, yeah. right? So they, so so David Robinson post injury is nowhere like any of those players, and all these players played against the quote unquote goats. You know Kevin McHale was fucking beast. And he was a beast when he came in. He oh, yeah. continued to be a beast, oh, this, right? This, right. But 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 no one talks about how how much help Larry Bird had. They should. Magic Johnson had Magic Johnson had Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He had Kareem Abdul Jabbar. He had James Worthy. Bob McAdoo. as a sec- third option. James fucking Worthy. Oh. In not not an injured James Worthy. You're not a getting normal, any argument with me on that. Right. The only- so my point is, so, so why why don't people bring up those things? And what, but they'll bring up, oh, you had an injured David Robinson who was giving you 16 points and you won. You're, oh, my God. You're, you're going back to the fact that you, I'm saying Duncan's terrible. And I'm saying they, they maximize the style for Duncan versus, okay, Kareem is on a team with Magic. Sure. Magic is running up and down the court. You thought Kareem was, what, you, you thought Kareem was keeping up with him? No, Kareem had to like. Well, not, well, in the first the, three years he was. The Lakers were there, and Rick Fox is running around with Kobe Bryant. That they were like, ooh, like, uh, like they Shaq would get there when he got there, right? Like, uh, what I'm saying is, it's a different style, and it it benefits. It is right? a different style, yes. Right? Like, it is a different style. And 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 Tim Duncan was like, he didn't ever lead the league in score. He didn't lead the league in anything. He doesn't have to. That's so not how, how winning you is. You don't, if you don't, if you're not actually the best at something, because he's efficient. That's the whole point of being efficient. You could be Kobe Bryant and chuck 40, 40 shots a, a, a game and be scoring Ooh, champion. Kobe Bryant into a goat conversation, man. I'm just giving. Like, I'm just giving. No, you you said he never like, led the league in. No, I'm like saying you, you said he never. What? I'm not. I, I don't think Kobe Bryant is a goat. I'm just saying you but, said okay, leading the league in points. So I said that could be a leading a league in points, but that's not necessarily important because you're not efficient enough. So you are basically getting your team down, right? So Carmelo Anthony was also the you know the league's leading scorer, but he wasn't efficient enough. So when you're talking about basketball, you're talking about isn't important, but it doesn't make you a goat. Like showing up every day is important. It doesn't make you a goat, right? I just gave you the statistics every day and has how many rings? All right. Wait, wait. So you're saying that defensive efficiency and being good defensive is not again. So I'm telling you the combination of offense and defense is what makes a good basketball player. Would you not agree? I, I, I again, not saying he's not a good basketball player. Wait, so but he's the best. He's the topmost in the combination of defense and offense. You're putting him ahead of Michael Jordan. He's that's literally like the numbers. I'm not even. I'm I'm trying to find that that article. You're playing but... basketball by the numbers, my man. But he also has the rings and the winning and everything. So it's not just the you're specific me, numbers. You're telling me, game on the line, you want, you're picking Duncan over Jordan. Because he's a No, no, no. I'm not talking about 
clutch moments. I'm not talking that's, about who has great that's inspirational quotes. No, 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 that's not the goat conversation. The goat yes, conversation is. is the greatest of all time. It's not the who I will give the ball to take a shot. That's not who it is. That's not the conversation you're having. You're, you're, you're having like, the greatest like, of. You're looking at it as an analytics, and again, you're like, does this make a good basketball How? player? You know what makes a good basketball player? The ability to bring the ball up the court. Well, then it should be John Stockton then. Okay, so now John Stockton's in the argument, right? Okay. This conversation has gone completely off roads, and I, I think uh, <laughs> we will have to have I, one more episode. You, you we'll do bring. But Ashwin, Ashwin, don't you think the greatest of all time has to have skill and winning both? Yeah, obviously. I mean, so how are but, you putting him ahead of Jordan? I just told you how I'm putting him out of Jordan. You're, you're, wait, yeah, you, 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 you're saying he's uh, better than Jordan. You're saying Duncan is better than Jordan. No, no, no. no. That's what the goat means. See, my, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait. My, my goat list is Kareem, Kareem first, first yes. uh-huh. Jordan second, Bill Russell third, Tim Duncan fourth, LeBron fifth. That's not a goat. That's a list. Yeah, that's a list. That's a list. My, my point is that you could argue for Tim Duncan being the GOAT. Just put three players ahead of because, him. <laughs> yeah, but that's because of other things, man. That's because of other things. Because I feel like they won more championships, yeah. so I, I put them to, ahead. I think we need to like walk you through. Yeah. Like, I, so you're saying exactly what I said. He's a top five player of all time, but he's not, he's not yes. the GOAT. Well, you just spent 45 minutes trying to say the same thing. I didn't thing. say he's the GOAT. I never said he is the GOAT. I never said that. I, I think uh, Vinith was saying he's goater than Shaq. <laughs> he's goater than Shaq, goater than and Shaq. he should be in the conversation. Is no, my point. That's all I'm, I'm saying. saying. I'm saying the second part is he's not in the, in the, in the he's not in the conversation of scope. Is he better than Shaq? Long term career, all that. Yes. Do I take prime Shaq over Duncan? Yes, as we agreed on. But he is not Jordan, Russell, or Kareem. Or Wilt. Who's a different beast altogether? Fine, I mean it, it's okay. Like uh, I, I think uh, we need. I, I mean, we haven't seen Russell play. Uh, so, I, I mean, mean, you're putting we, Russell because of the eleven. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if you win eleven championships, then you must have done something, right? We're just going by that. Yeah, yeah you have to. You have to be. Cool. Yeah. So you have to yeah. do yeah. something. And to, the point where, <laughs> and to the point where, let's be honest, they make Russell the first. But you would not give Russell the ball. Bill Russell's the first black head coach in NBA history. Actually, hmm. there are films of Russell bringing up the ball and attacking on a fast break. I'm waiting to see that of Tim. Well, there. Yeah, there are films of Tim Duncan uh, dribbling the ball and going and hitting and a three-pointer to tie the game to take it to overtime. Yeah. There are uh, let's yeah. not cherry pick uh, such moments. Yeah. Let's just enjoy that. Let's moment. not cherry pick stuff, my friend. <laughs> let's, not, uh, let's just say that Shaq <laughs> and uh, Duncan both great players. I think Vinith would pick uh, prime Shaq over prime Duncan. Is that true? Yeah. Vinith? No. I mean, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I would, I would, I would pick prime Shaq. Wait, wait. Let's let, let let make, just, let's make it very clear. Okay, there are only two players in this draft. There's Tim Duncan and there's Shaq. Vineet, who would you pick? You are building a franchise and you have only, like, you get Duncan. picking Duncan. Duncan. And uh, coach, Sean, who would you pick? Building, building a franchise, I pick Shaq because everybody's going to be hyped to play around him. Okay. That's, I can attract every other talent I want. Is, you've spoken like a very successful investor and Vineet, you've spoken like a podcaster. That's how it is. <laughs> <laughs> and and, and I, th- I think that that should be exactly how this uh, should, in the end, should boil down to Let's let's you know talk about something basketball, but not the NBA, like uh, crossover academy. Sean, please tell us. You know we, we are really excited because uh, more from a news point of view, obviously, 
of course, I'm also repping the crossover shirt, which you can't see, but we'll put a photo so you can see. Uh, this pandemic has hit us. It is very difficult for, it has been a unique position in which education, distant education, distance education especially has been put in. Uh, what are you guys doing to, you know, keep the spirit alive, like keep, make sure that the message is not lost just because of a global pandemic, I mean, which is pretty serious, you're, but still. You're right, this is, this has become very difficult for, for an organization like us, and it's, it's caused us to go back to the drawing board, but mm. I think in a good way. Yeah. Um, I think, we'll start with, I think you were able to come see what we were doing with Crossover yep. in October. Exactly. And I think it kind of blew your mind of what we can get done uh, with the resources we have. I just want, uh, those kids were so, so happy. Like, it's, uh, it was delightful to <laughs> watch that. that's the end, right? <laughs> yeah, and so I think what it's allowed us to do is, you know, we were going to come back, and we are very good at like, hey, we can come in, we can do a three-week program, 450 kids. We know we can impact those 450 kids. Um, the short numbers are we've had 2,200 kids uh, go through crossover over the years now almost 60% girls, which is important. We've had 85% go on to high school versus the national average of 40% in that age, in that socioeconomic demographic. And in India, and this is not a knock, and I know people want to sometimes take it offensively, but in India, still the numbers are around like 27% of girls nationwide are married and have a child before they're 18. And it's just the numbers. And we've had zero documented cases. and you know, I'll put my numbers against other people's numbers of what we're doing. Now, a lot of that is that we, we connect with kids mm -hmm. and we, we strive to make that connection happen. This has allowed us to stop and say, okay, we're, we're good at doing 400 to 500 kids. How do we do four to 5,000 kids? How do we do 40,000 kids? Yeah. And so, um, we have something coming up in the next few weeks, and like I said, you guys will get the first crack at sharing it, where we're going to, um, we're going to be unveiling a new system of where we're we're going to be able to scale this, where we're going to tap different parts of the Indian demographic, and bring in a whole new sphere because we're able to sit down and say, how are we best going to attack this problem? Mm -hmm. Because what we've done works, but how do you do it more? And I think. Uh, and it sounds braggy, uh, but I'll say it anyway, like the crossover board is very, very strong about saying we can't, it can't be like just Sean being out there every time. Mm -hmm. Like, how do we run this without right. you? Because we can't replicate you and your story 8,000 times, yeah. right? So how do we build in this? And so, uh, what we saw in 2019 is that India has started the shift started of win at all costs mm -hmm. and and win and be content in in the Indian basketball sphere to what does it look like more globally and um, and what does that mean to coach a player and we ran some coaches clinics and it started to become it's the first time we started getting actual traction with the message that um, this isn't about producing pros. This is about how you impact lives. And the best coaches across anything impact lives before they impact wins. Um, and 
And that has to be the case, right? If we're approaching this from a different mindset, what's your legacy going to be? How are people going to think of you and remember you and talk about you? It's why I, I've been very open with you guys, why I enjoy our conversations, because you guys come from such a pure place of the game. It's not about, you don't have some ulterior motive. This is very altruistic. Um, you know, my fingers are crossed. Spotify <laughs> or Netflix signs you guys, and we you get to do this, and people pay yes. you much money. Netflix, are you listening? You know, is that a man? Anybody listening? That's all we need. But <laughs> hey, mom, mom please, mom yes, please uh, get us a deal. <laughs> She's saying, "Ayo, stop doing this, and please go get married." Right? Oh. Okay. <laughs> Spoken like a true desi. Exactly. I know know where your mom's coming from. But but I think we're starting to see that shift where we're seeing a younger generation of Indians who are like, how do I create more? Uh Right? How do I take the concept of privilege is starting to change and those conversations of advantages I have versus advantages I don't have. Like a number I saw just two months ago was like, Less than 10% of India has a college degree. It was able to go to university and get a degree, right? Like, think about what that manifests into. It, because unfortunately, in most of our circles, we're interacting with people who are likewise and similar to us, right? Hmm. So everyone in our circle, oh yeah, has a college degree. They went to university. And yet, when I started seeing that number, I'm like, whoa, 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 we have to stop and think about what that means, right? How are we already exclu- excluding people from these conversations? And I think the generation that's 30 and under in India is starting to become keenly aware of that. The educated population is becoming very keenly aware of the fact that there is a difference that's occurring and we have to create more uh, opportunities. And the fact that it's post-British rule by long enough where for so long um, my parents and, and people in India we're always told like there's one slice of pie and you have to get it and you have to make sure someone else doesn't get it. And right. a message we hit so hard on crossovers, especially like in modern economy, um, is that we can just go bake more pies. <laughs> like, and, and I say that in that a world of podcasting didn't exist 10 years ago. Like how is nobody thought of that as a joke? Facebook does not have, or TikTok or Instagram, they don't have an actual physical product and yet they employ thousands and thousands of people, right? And so if there's no physical product, that just means we can create another platform and a new platform and more jobs and more opportunities. And we have to, like, people were like, oh, I'm social media tapped out with Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and along comes TikTok and disrupts everything. And everybody is there, right? And you're like, oh, well, where did that come from? Again, we can just build more. And if we can keep and it's the same idea with what we're doing with crossover. We're like, hey, we just need to expand the opportunity base because there's going to be more that exists going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not all fighting for a job at railways or at a bank or at an IIT because those aren't necessary. Those are important jobs, but there are also going to be other, other jobs, jobs that exist. There are going to be other things that we don't know of. Podcasters, like it's amazing, right? Though, like it's. Think about if you were think picture back, you know that those ten years to when you guys were in elementary school. Hey, you're much younger than I am, and you guys were like, "I'm going to be a podcaster when I grow up." And your teacher would have probably smacked you upside the head and said, "I don't even know what that word means." 
right? Yeah. Facts. And then, and these things are like the most important things. Like people contain their information, and I think to acknowledge that we don't know what we don't know is going is coming down the line is what will create opportunities and hope versus oh you have to just get into an IT or a civil servant job or X right mm-hmm. like I think that I think once we open those things up and I think that's what crossover has been so successful at doing is that kids are able to hear that message that they're not competing against each other but they're actually all lifting each other simultaneously um, it's a big reason why we bring classrooms together versus just bringing in girls and the reason is because the boys in those communities need to grow at the same rate as the girls are in in globality and in understanding gender equality and equity because in a lot of those communities it's still a very male-centric patriarchal misogynistic environment Mm -hmm. if i empower girls and i put them back in there and in india can be dangerous and they go speak and say well i'm important and there's no there's no allyship, there's no support system around that. We can only all in picture the dan- the physical danger that puts that girl in, right? But if we're building the boys are in that mm-hmm. same community of understanding their role and their responsibility of creating space, well, all of a sudden, 10 years, we have generation of boys in neighborhoods where like, no, that, that girl's voice is important. We need to hear her. And as they become empowered, we're playing the 20, 30, 40 year game. We're not playing the find me a pro tomorrow game, right? Um, there's a difference between finding the, the million dollar arm mm-hmm. and you finger cross and you hope that somehow works out and you impact one person's life or, hey, if, if we can go out and get 50,000 kids to become 50,000 middle class earners in 15 years, where, like, where, where are we putting our impact on? And, and we're, we've decided we're going the second route uh, where most people are going the first route. Yeah. Got it. Makes sense. Whew. Wait. That's a that's, that's a long game. Now I've got a like... concept for you guys. Do you guys watch and follow the TBT, the basketball tournament? And do you guys get that broadcast T- in India? TBT? Yeah. No. All right. No. So the TBT is a summer tournament usually. And it's for like ex-NBA players outside of NBA, ex-college players, and they all come together and the winning team will win $1 million. Now how they split it up, divvy it up, it's however they want to choose it. But that's the, you know, so if you have seven guys on your team versus 12, does the winning player get X more than the other player? There's all sorts of ways to look at this. And I was shooting around the idea of like, man, can we create this TBT-type tournament in India with mm-hmm. a high dollar value, right? We're not putting a million dollars in India or half a million dollars U.S. Mm-hmm. to the winning tournament team. Doesn't that drive TV and media exposure immediately? Yeah. Right? And you put a qualification that each team is allowed two foreign nationals of Indian descent. Wow. Like... So you can go get. But isn't that like what the the three the three cross three is that is that how they do it? The three, three by three, the three is four. Yeah, like, but I'm saying a full five on five, full out tournament with a high dollar value, uh-huh. right? And all of a sudden, like think about how fun that idea would be. Like, and it would globalize the game because I'm watching for like yes, Kieran Shastri, my man Kieran is killing it in the three league. Kishas. But if Kieran was up for like. If he was up for 
half a million dollars. I, I guarantee that's a whole different market interest in who's going to win half right. a million dollars mm -hmm. or, you the know. The only problem I think is like uh, the BFI is kind of bitchy about this. Yeah. Like they, they might just very, ban the players who play in a non-BFI approved. Oh, I know. <laughs> I, and I think, I think, I think that's thin ice that I'm going to try and dance around yeah. commenting upon. I mean, that's where you come um, in, I guess. <laughs> right. But I think there, there are places where that's what makes this game important is there has to like there's too many conversations blaming the media for not covering the game in india instead of giving them something to cover yeah like, i agree on that like i don't think the press can only cover what they can cover and they're not going to write fluff pieces mm -hmm. right make the game interesting put it up like comedy where it's like this hype and this energy um i just read a terrible piece uh that i need to write a response to in time <laughs> to india saying basketball is like an exclusionary sport for black people only what? and like and that's it, it's it was brutal and i wanted to like throw some because especially when you're looking at guys like luka Doncic, right like and porzingis and the steve nash is like there is a healthy amount of other people and they're like oh basketball is one of the most single race sports that exists I'm like no it isn't like you clearly have never seen like lacrosse or ice hockey or <laughs> like. I mean, they play a lot of basketball in Europe as well. Everywhere, right? Yeah. And, it, the, and I wrote a thesis on this when I was in school on why, like, European players are more successful. White European players are more successful typically than white American players, and it's because they don't grow up with societal fears of somebody telling them they can't compete with the black American players, mm -hmm. right? Luca didn't grow up being, with his parents saying, "Oh, you can't play. Don't play basketball. You can't compete with the black kids." Mm. Which how you can't you, if you can't dunk. But also, like Luca is kind of tall anyway. I mean, it's like he's almost six ten. Six seven. Is he just six ten? Yeah, but okay. How about a Draven Petrovic? Right, six foot two. Right, like, but you can mm. find like there. That's the reason why there's a lack of there was a lack of diversity because parents would be like. Instead of playing basketball, I want you to go play baseball or golf or soccer because, you know, there's this false notion that a black person was more athletic than a white person, right? And and I think India is still caught in that crux where they think, oh, you you can't compete with X kids, so you shouldn't play basketball, right? Go play cricket because we know, like, cricket. There's Indian cricket players, right? That's like, but so that would be like me telling a black kid in America, you shouldn't play cricket because you can't play like an Indian kid, right? Like, I think I think India would be terrified if if inner city America started playing cricket and the athleticism and talent level that might come out of some of those spaces, right? Like, people get funneled to where they feel like there isn't a, they have a competitive advantage mm -hmm. or where they see similarities. Whereas, uh, and this is where like, I think crossover again can play a part because if there's 100,000 kids playing basketball or 2 million kids playing basketball versus the 25 kids at the NBA Academy, people are going to, it's going to become more normalized. Absolutely. Right? But until you expand it, and, I, and we've had this conversation where I said, I respect the NBA Academy, but the NBA Academy would have never picked um, Steph Curry to be in the NBA Academy. He wouldn't have ranked high enough on their, on their market, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you but those players are the transcendent. Everybody can find Durant and everybody can find LeBron. 
how do you find the next the, those other players who weren't top 10 rated and that's going to become right. because of the wide and the breadth of the game so yeah there's my rant that makes sense there's my rant it's a very polite rant <laughs> Uh, th- thank you so much, Sean, once again for being on the podcast. Very entertaining. We, even though we couldn't get a consensus, uh, I, I think this uh, debate will never get old. And uh, I thought we did. <laughs> I think we did. I thought we did. Uh, we did. I thought uh, we did. The different uh, different takes. Then all right, all right. Then thank you. Tim Duncan is a top five player. I'm happy I, with that. I, I think both of you are okay with that, and uh, hence uh, social. What What are you, Ashwin? What I'm, are you? I'm very okay with uh, Tim Duncan Ashen. being in the top ten. <laughs> Man, come on, top ten is like very fluid. Ashwin, man. Like, Ashwin, go up and down. I don't want to say up. Ashwin thinks Kobe Kobe Brand is better than Tim Duncan. I mean, I, I I like uh, offensive. Sean, just just to let you know. That that's the worst take I've heard. <laughs> <in a while. laughs> Mama mentality. That's what it is. Kobe's gonna get you more money than uh, Tim Duncan. I'm just saying. Shoot. Yeah. Shoot or shoot, right? Shoot <laughs> everywhere. Shoot or shoot. <laughs> shoot or shoot. But I like I like how he's not. He knows that he's going to lose the arguments. He's like, no, I'm not going to argue on this. No, see, I, I would never say Kobe is good. Right. So I, I would never say Kobe is good. And I would not pick him in the top. My, If I had a starting five and all, I would never pick him uh, in the starting five of all time. It, it's not because of anything I, else. I, I, would, I, would, I would argue that. Hmm. Like, Kobe as a starting three guard. No. I think LeBron would destroy I mean, who, that. Who are the small forwards that you put in the LeBron, Zed, Durant is there. LeBron, James. LeBron. Yeah. So I, Durant. So I put LeBron at point, right? And I don't consider, I think LeBron's a point uh, more than he is at point. So, so you don't pick Magic Johnson then? So you don't have Magic? No, I, pick, I, I, pick I, would pick, I would pick LeBron over Magic. I mean, even Scottie Pippen would be better at three than... Uh, Kobe Bryant, I think. No, LeBron, man. No, I'm, I, I, I'm, watching LeBron's highlights. I'm saying if you put Kobe, and, I mean, if you put LeBron at point, then I, even Scotty Pippen would be a better three than Kobe. That's what I said. I didn't say. No. Yeah, 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 I agree. I agree. I would say, I would, Kobe I would, has no defense. I don't know how Kobe got into like all defense. Yeah, man, he was all defense like some, seven, seven, seven times. Okay, you calm down. Kobe, stop saying, stop saying, what nonsense. Kobe was a good defender. Passing lanes as, uh-huh. as well as anybody. I'm not saying Kobe's a great all on ball defender, uh-huh. but off the ball, he jumps passing lanes. He jumped passing lanes as well as anybody. Yeah, but to be all time like first team, like no, no. that's you, ridiculous. Not all time first team. Not all time. Even Sean Marion, who was Sean Marion, was a better defender than Kobe Bryant. Let's be honest with it. Take. Sean Moira is not a better defender than Kobe. Yeah, Bryant. I mean, Kobe is not known for his defense. He's, he's not in. He's not in the first team. Kobe is rigged. All the fans vote for him like fucking, <laughs> and all the media. fucking rigged. But again, this comes down to market, right? He he owned the LA market, right? Like yeah, like absolutely. For me, I would say prime prime Grant Hill is a conversation of where does prime Grant Hill fit with Kobe? Okay. All right. Cheers. Vinny, Vinny, say bye. Bye.